Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, the two things I'm most concerned about related to the Timberwolves down the stretch of the regular season. And no, it's not simply reintegrating Carl Anthony Towns. A couple other things I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, also a look at Kyle Anderson's season today and a couple interesting notes there and a preview of Wolves Celtics, a peek at the Western Conference standings heading into play on Wednesday. It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves take on the Celtics back at Target Center this evening. We'll preview that matchup later in the show. Plenty to get to first. The very first thing, though, that I want to do is thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app that's on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon. And that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, coming into play on Wednesday. We'll get into the full Western Conference thing here later, but the Wolves are in decent position considering, well, considering a lot of things, really. Um, but they have a couple of issues that have been persistent for most of this. Actually, really, there's two big issues I want to talk about today. One has been a persistent issue going back seasons, not just this year but it continues to be a problem. The other is actually more of a little bit fresher of a problem, something that just kind of cropped up in recent weeks. So I want to break both those things down first. In a minute here, we'll get to some Kyle Anderson stuff because I think uh, I want to kind of evaluate his season to date. You know, what What are we, three quarters of the way through the schedule, 80% of the way through the schedule compared to the, his career and also his role with the Wolves, et cetera, and then get into Wolves Celtics and the standings at the end of the show. So anyway, the first thing I want to cover that's been a persistent issue and stop me if you've heard this before, but defensive rebounding continues to be a massive problem for this Timberwolves team. And I'll say it like I've said it before. I feel like every couple of weeks this bears repeating. Defensive rebounding is so important for the simple fact that the only way that an opponent's possession can end is if they make a shot, they turn it over, or they miss a shot and you get the rebound. If you can't get that rebound, they're eventually going to make a shot. That's the only way you're going to get the ball back unless they turn it over. Right. Um, and the Wolves are still doing an okay job at turning opponents over. They're, they're a really good job. Actually, they're fifth in defensive turnover rate league wide, which is great. But they're 28th in defensive rebound rate. They grab just 73.7% of potential defensive rebounds, according to basketball reference 73.7%, 28th in the league. It's actually worse than last year when I felt like I harped on it all season long when they were 27th in the league and at the percentage was 74.9. So that percentage has dropped 1.2 points, and they've dropped one slot in the entire NBA in terms of their defensive rebound rate. It's a huge problem, and and it's crazy because they're still 10th in defensive rating league-wide, and last year they were kind of top half, right, for most of the season, um, and, and they went about it in a different way. The defense last year looked very different than it does this year. Really, the only constant was Jade McDaniels, um, honestly, and also Anthony Edwards playing some strong on-ball defense, but the point guard spot has now changed 
the center spot has obviously changed and Carl Anthony Towns has been hurt. Uh, and you don't have Malik Beasley. You don't have Jared Vanderbilt, I guess, would be would be the other major difference. So the only things staying the same are Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards. And the defense has gotten a similar result, but in a very different way. Remember last year, it was the blitzing kind of, um, you know, flying back and forth, high wall, pick and roll coverage where you're trying to trap the ball, force it out of the ball handler's hands, uh, you know, quick rotations on the back end of the defense, trying to get pokeaways and and uh, tip passes and deflections and get back the other way and transition and score that way. That hasn't been this team's MO. Now, they have, again, they have the fifth best turnover rate defensively. They're still fifth in the league in steals per game and they're fourth in blocks per game. But uh, they're fouling a little bit less than they were last year and they're rebounding a little bit worse. And they're like, even though some of those peripherals kind of look similar, it's just they're playing a different coverage, right? They're primarily dropping uh, in pick and roll and they've done a little more switching, especially here of late. Um, but it's just a different scheme with similar results. Defensive rebounding, though, has been the one constant that's at issue. And you'd assume that they'd be much better at it this year. Rudy Gobert is still really a top 10 rebounder league wide. But nobody else on this team has really proven themselves as a strong rebounder. Uh, now, of course, Carl Anthony Towns being injured has a lot to do with this. Now, he struggled. He was having by far the worst rebounding season of his career through the first 21 games of the campaign. And now he hasn't played since late November. But his rebound numbers were the worst of his career. Nas Reeds have actually been the best of his career in a, in a primarily a backup center role. Uh, but all the other positions are rebounding so poorly. We'll talk more about Kyle Anderson later in the show, but he's having his worst rebounding season in a while, uh, maybe even in his career. Anthony Edwards has improved a little kind of incrementally of late, but got off to a slow start rebounding the ball. And the backcourt's been miserable rebounding the basketball all season. D'Angelo Russell was bad. Um, other you know guards that saw some rotation minutes, Austin Rivers, Bryn Forbes were practically historically bad in terms of rebound rate. Uh, Mike Conley hasn't done much since he came over. Jordan McLaughlin for his size is okay. But like, there's no strong rebounders in the backcourt for Minnesota. And the wings are just okay. Jaden McDaniels, to me, and I've said this before, would be the number one culprit in terms of size, skill, opportunity for guys who don't rebound consistently. He had just one rebound. I think that was just the other day. I think that was the Monday win over Atlanta. He had one rebound in that game in like 30, or I guess he only played like 28 minutes. But the rebounds have not come consistently for Jaden McDaniels. I'm actually, I'm going to pull up his game log real quick and uh, and hopefully back up what I just said. But his rebound rate is a career low 7%. For his career, he's 8% over the, you know, almost three seasons of his career. Uh, you look at Jaden McDaniels' game log, he had one rebound against Atlanta, three against Brooklyn, three against Philadelphia. And then he had, before that, he had four, four, six, three. Uh, but the last three games combined... And he played 26 minutes in two of those games, 36 in the other game. Combined, he had seven rebounds over the last three games for Jaden McDaniels. Uh, now, I get it. He's primarily guarding ball handlers, guys on the perimeter. He's not in the paint to rebound. But if he can get in the habit of of you know contesting a shot, turning around, crashing the glass, whatever it is, that's a big issue. And I get it. You want to get out in transition. He's expending a lot of energy defending. Um, and he's by far, or he, he's not, by any means, he's not the, the main problem, right? He's just maybe the most obvious culprit because of all the reasons I already listed. Anthony Edwards, the consistency hasn't been there for him either, and you'd like to see more of that. Um, but they just need to rebound all five. And it's it's just continues to be a problem for the Wolves. And, and in the in the playoffs, I look at the Memphis series last year. I don't want to get too in the weeds on that, but like that was a, a huge problem and a big reason why the Wolves lost that series. Now, Memphis was an incredible offensive rebounding team with a healthy Brandon Clark. Uh, Jaron Jackson, like, like 
obviously they're going to they're going to grab rebounds. Are they going to grab they're going to get second chance points, but you have to at least put up something of a fight and the Wolves did not do that consistently. And and again, this year it hasn't been consistent either. That's a big problem. The second thing that has kind of cropped up more recently is free throw shooting. The Timberwolves for the season, if you just look at the season numbers, you'd say, uh, you know, not great, but it could be worse. They're 23rd in free throw percentage league-wide, 76%. Um, incidentally, they're 15th in free throw rate, 17th in attempts per game. So they get their fair amount. This isn't like on on really minuscule volume. It's pretty solid volume. They're currently 23rd in free throw percentage. However, go back the last month. The last time the Wolves shot better than 75% for a game from the free throw line was February 16th. That was one month ago against the Washington Wizards when they when they made 20 of 22, which is 91%. Since then, check this. This is this is horrific, really. Since then, okay, the Washington game, they shoot 91% February 16th. Then they lose to Charlotte. They shoot 62% from the line. Then they lose to Golden State. They shoot 52% from the free throw line the next time out. Next three games are wins. They beat the Clippers, but they shoot just 59% from the line. They beat the Lakers 75%. They beat the Kings 71%. Then they lose to Philadelphia 71% from the line. They lose to Brooklyn 62% from the line. And then in in Atlanta on Monday, 69.6%. So under 70% from three. So what is that? That's nine games. Six of those nine games, the Wolves shot worse than 70%. From the field. And in all of them, they shot worse, 75% or worse. And again, for the season, 73%. And it's not really small volume. Like uh, all of those games, except for two, they shot 20 or more free throws. So significant volume. Um, They're leaving a ton of points on the table. And I didn't pull all the opponent numbers, but I promise you, opponents are shooting better percentage wise and, and attempts wise, you know, roughly the same as the Wolves over that period of time. So a lot to shore up there. Um, and the biggest problem is, is like your highest free throw rate guys are, you know, Rudy Gobert is not a great free throw shooter. He is your highest free throw rate guy. Right. Um, I, I mean, he's, he's the, the biggest problem, but like Anthony Edwards is the only guy who gets there with frequency. That's an above average three free throw shooter with towns out, right? He ant averages almost five and a half free throws per game. 77% from the line. Gobert's five free throws a game, just a hair under 65% from the line. You know, D'Lo's gone and he was a good free throw shooter. That's part of the problem. He got to the line, not a ton, but more than Mike Conley does. Kyle Anderson, 70, 76% from the line. Um, Mike Conley gets there, has been getting there as a Timberwolf almost twice a game, 85%. But then everybody else is kind of average to worse. Jane McDaniel, 72%. Nas Reed, 65% from the line. Um, I guess those are the only other guys that get there more than a free, more than one, one time per game, Jalen Noel, but he's been hurt for a while now. So, it's Gobert's the primary culprit, but of late, I mean, Anthony Edwards has put up some stinkers too. He had a six of 10 in Atlanta, uh, but he's had games that are worse than that from the line. So I, there's no real, like, here's what they need to do to fix it with defensive rebounding. It's a bit of a different story. They've just got to make their free throws and Gobert said as much after the Brooklyn game um, when that was a big issue late, but uh, that's another thing. Defensive rebounding and free throws. That's going to come back to bite you in a playoff series or down the stretch in the regular season when you're trying to find a playoff spot or trying to lock up a playoff spot, right? All those things could really crop up as big issues in a big way. Um, so keep an eye on free throw shooting, defensive rebounding um, as we move down the stretch here this season. All right, next I want to get into some Kyle Anderson talk. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. 
If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise, well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, plus all the ups and downs of a season. All this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want. Uh, we have a lockdown NBA league go- ongoing right now, and um, it's competitive. People are having a good time. The hosts love to love to trash talk. Uh, get in a league of your own. The lockdown Wolves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise and using the promo code lockdown in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. And again, our code is locked on Wolves. ProBasketballGM.com, promo code locked on. Well, actually, the promo code's locked on, but locked on Wolves listeners are included in that promo code for that 100% free boost to their franchise. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. All right, let's talk slow mo. Kyle Anderson has had a phenomenal season to this point for the Wolves, arguably the best season of his career. Uh, There's, of course, a few different ways we could measure that. I mean, like if you're looking at straight points per game, obviously it was a bigger part of Memphis's offense a couple of years ago for a good Grizzlies team. uh, That 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 was the team that kind of started to break out. um, You know, just just a couple of seasons ago, that was the the second COVID shortened season. Uh, And last year he was a solid rotation piece for them, but was moved to the bench. He's playing more this season in terms of his minutes are more in line with where they were two years ago in Memphis, but he's having a career best shooting season. Um, from the field, he's shooting 51.8%, which is his best mark since his first year in Memphis back in 1819. His uh, three-point shooting percentage is much better than he's ever shot in his career, 43.8%. His next best mark was two years ago at 36%. Now, the volume's down from where he was a couple of years ago, but the percentage is way up. His two-point shooting percentage is above where it was last year. So his effective field goal percentage is the best of his career right now, 56.6%. And a reminder, effective field goal percentage, uh, it takes into account the, basically it adjusts for three-point shots being worth more than two-point shots. So it's a better way to measure things than straight field goal percentage. So his effective field goal percentage is the best of his career, uh, just a little bit better than his first season in Memphis again back in 1819. He's getting to the line more often than he did in three of his four years in Memphis, and his free throw shooting percentage is also the best that it has been since his third season in the league, and his volume is much higher than it was then. So he's four points above his career percentage from the free throw line as well. So regardless of where he is on the floor, Kyle Anderson is having the best shooting season of his career. A lot of Kyle Anderson's rate-based numbers look much better too. In fact, right now he's averaging a career best or excuse me, his assist rate is a career best by far, 21.4% assist rate. Uh, His next best season was again, two years ago in Memphis, which is a little over 18%. And it's funny because he's playing more power forward than he did. He played some kind of almost point forward early in his career with the Spurs, did that a little bit with Memphis, transitioned into playing a lot more power forward the last couple seasons, even some small ball five with the Grizzlies and a little bit this year with the Wolves too. But the assist rate is way higher because he's actually initiating more offense. And part of that's because earlier this season, you know, D'Angelo Russell likes playing off the ball. Um, The Wolves have been, you know, Mike Conley is a point guard by position title, but doesn't actually initiate the majority of the Wolves offense all the time. A lot of times he's bringing it up the floor and getting it to Ant and then Ant is initiating or Kyle Anderson is initiating or Anderson's on the floor with the second unit and is running things. Um, the 21.4% assist rate is, like I said, by far a career high. Um, and I think it's it's more a function of how he's being used than like all of a sudden he's a better passer than he used to be. 
but it almost seems like he's really coming to his own is like, Hey, this is my role. I'm, I'm a point forward now. And this is what I do now. His, his rebound rate is down. It's actually a career low right now, which has been remarkably consistent. Last season was a career high, but every other season for Anderson was between 11% and 11 and percent. And again, part of this is we're seeing him pulled further away from the basket. He's switching more defensively. He's on the perimeter a little bit more often. Um, and he's offensively, he's just not really in the mix to offensive rebound, uh, which has never been a huge part of his game anyway. Uh, but he's typically being pulled a little bit away from from the basket. Defensively, the metrics are all really positive. He has a career high block rate as of right now, and his steal rate is right in line with his career average. Uh, so defensive, like if you look at defensive metrics across the board, that's been the biggest part of his game this season. Uh, like no matter where you go, if you want to go to NBA real plus minus over at ESPN, um, Kyle Anderson is, let's see, where'd he go? He's 21st overall in, they have him listed as a small forward, which is, you know, he's played more four than three this year since the Towns injury, at least. But he's a plus 2.38 in defensive real plus minus, which ranks 16th among among uh, small forwards in the, in the NBA. Um, you look at B-Ball Index, our friends over at B-Ball Index, and Kyle Anderson's overall um, defensive ratings are all really positive there. Uh, perimeter, Defense is a little spottier, but his interior defense is fantastic. Uh, let's see. Perimeter defense on ball. Perimeter defense grades out as a C-plus at B-ball index. However, his pickpocket rating, his real adjusted turnover rate, so basically uh, his impact on the team's ability to turn opponents over. So remember, the Wolves are fifth, like we talked about first segment. Wolves are fifth in team uh, turnover rate defensively. Kyle Anderson gets an A-plus in terms of his contributions there. Passing lane defense, steals, deflections, all that it ranks A-minus to a for Kyle Anderson. And interior defense-wise, block rate on contests, rim defensive field goal percentage versus expected. These are all A's and A-minuses. Rim points saved per 75 possessions. Per 75 possessions, Kyle Anderson saves 0.64 rim points per 75 possessions. That's an incredible number. That's 98th percentile, A-plus league-wide. We saw him get that big block on, I think it was Sadiq Bey, on, uh, on the right side of the floor late in that game against the Hawks on Monday. Anderson has been... The ultimate switchable player, Chris Finch described him, I think this is back in training camp, described Kyle Anderson as a Swiss Army knife. He's been that on both ends of the floor for the Wolves in this one, or in this season so far. Um, the only thing that that is maybe a little misleading is the three-point percentage is obviously fantastic, but the gravity of Kyle Anderson's three-point ability hasn't, you know, it's, it's the offensive ratings in a lot of his two-man lineups are suppressed a little bit because teams don't, even though Kyle Anderson he had like, not technically he has had an incredible shooting season. What is it? What did I say? 43.8% from three by far career high. He's still a 34.6% career three point shooter and he's best from the corners and teams don't respect him like a true 40% three point shooter. So the gravity of his three point ability isn't quite the same as it would be for really any other 40 plus percent three point shooter. Because again, the volume is only about an attempt and a half per game. So um, offensive ratings with Kyle Anderson on the floor, take a small hit because of that. But he's been so valuable against the zone, which zone defenses really gave the Wolves trouble, especially early in the season. And he's been fantastic defensively. So he's obviously been a clear plus. And uh, Marnie Gellner said this on the the postcast the other night. He's going to go down already as one of the best free agent signings in Wolves history uh, just in this season alone. Um, and, and he's been invaluable since Carl Anthony Towns got hurt. Uh, so I guess the cliff notes are best shooting season of Kyle Anderson's career, best passing season of his career. Um, arguably the best defensive season of his career. And, uh, you know, really the only thing that we've seen dip at all would be, you know, uh, rebounding. 
And that's, again, because of the shifted role. So when Carl Anthony Towns comes back, I'm curious to see what that looks like in terms of, you know, what is, is Anderson... I'm sure he still starts at the three once Towns eventually gets to the starting lineup. But if Towns comes back on a minutes restriction and plays off the bench, which I could certainly see, I think Anderson splits his minutes between the four next to Rudy Gobert and the three when Towns is in the game and crunch time, et cetera. And uh, I think he'll be used very similarly defensively, uh, I guess maybe even a little bit more on the perimeter. But the rebound becomes less important if he slides a notch down the position chart and he goes to the third, you know, plays more of the three than the four. So um, all that to say, a career Kyle Anderson season to this point, there's still, you know, he's played 56 games. There's still, what, 12 games left in the season, something like that. Uh, so he's going to end up playing hopefully close to 70 games here, which is right in line with what he's done for his career. And everything, you know, rate base wise and, and percentage wise is going to look right in line uh, and, and generally better than what it's been so far for his career. He's been just, uh, like I said, an invaluable addition to the Wolves to this point. All right, let's close the show here today by talking Wolves-Celtics. We'll also talk a little Western Conference standings. That's all upcoming. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season has come and gone, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and three-pointers drained. Uh, Wolves, Celtics on Wednesday. I would take... I don't know. That's a tough one to to kind of to. I don't know. I I feel good about Rudy Gobert. I think I was off on his rebounding on Monday against the Hawks. I thought he'd be over. He only had eight boards. I'd go rebounds over for Rudy Gobert in this one. I just I feel good about it. The Celtics aren't aren't a great offensive rebounding team. They're a really good defensive rebounding team. But I think I think Gobert can have a big rebounding game. So I would take his points over if you check out those props over at FanDuel. Also, just go check out the line for the game. The Wolves are at home. Celtics have been struggling. I'm guessing Boston's favored by a couple points, maybe three, two and a half or three. Um, so go check that out. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown, that's FanDuel.com slash lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Wolves Celtics on Wednesday night from Target Center after a one-game road trip. The Wolves get rewarded with a one-game homestand against the Boston Celtics. The last time the Wolves faced the Celtics, similar story. So Boston's been struggling. Boston has lost four out of their last six games. They're coming off of a, a two-point loss at Houston on Monday. Um... And, you know, mixed in there, they lost at Cleveland, a couple overtimes to the Knicks, lost to Brooklyn. So not a ton of shame in those losses. They beat Portland and Atlanta fairly easily prior to that. But still, lost four out of six. You know, bigger picture, they've lost, what, five out of their last eight games. And the Houston loss is obviously gross. The last time they took on the Wolves, Boston came into that game having lost three in a row. Um, Let's see. Who was that against? They were against bad teams, too, if I remember right. This was back right before Christmas. Yeah, they lost twice to the Magic and lost to the Pacers right before taking on Minnesota. And they beat the Wolves by 12 points in Boston. Minnesota uh, had been playing well, and that kind of... They had won three consecutive, and then that was their second straight loss, and then that plunged them further into what ultimately was a six-game losing streak spanning right before and after Christmas for the Wolves at the time. So Boston was struggling, and they used the Wolves to get right... Uh, they haven't been struggling quite as badly here lately, but again, coming off that Houston loss, we could have a similar feel to this game, Wolves-Celtics. And Boston, like, 
I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league, of course, right? I mean, they are currently the two seed in the Eastern Conference. They have 47 wins, which is actually the second most in the entire NBA. Their winning percentage is greater and the number of wins is greater than the top two seeds or the top seed in the West and the Denver Nuggets. So Boston's the second best team in the league record-wise. And um, on basketball reference, they have the fourth defensive rating, fourth best defensive rating in the league, and their third in offensive rating. Um, They're just a really, really solid, well-rounded team. I talked about the Wolves' defensive rebounding issues. The Celtics are number one in defensive rebound rate. So don't expect the Wolves to get a ton of second chance points against Boston. Um, The Celtics don't do a ton themselves on the offensive glass. So perhaps this is an opportunity for the Wolves to hide or get away with at least some of their issues um, in terms of defensive rebounding, because it's not like Boston's going to be crashing the glass and relying on, on, um, you know, a result there necessarily. The last time these two teams faced off again, right before Christmas, Boston won by 12 in that game. The Wolves got 30 from Anthony Edwards on 25 shots. They got 21 and 10 from D'Angelo Russell. Gobert had a quiet 8 and 12. Jaden McDaniels had 17, 6 and 4 and did a really good job defensively. Jason Tatum had 30, took him 22 shots to get it, turned it over three times. Jalen Brown had 36, took him 29 shots to get there. He was just, they combined to shoot just 4 of 19 Tatum and Brown did from outside the arc. So the Celtics, two all-stars, high volume, uh, performances that ultimately resulted in a Boston win. This game, by the way, the Wolves are up seven after the first quarter when they played Boston in Boston. They were up two at halftime and only down two going into the fourth quarter. But Boston outscored the Wolves in the fourth, 33 to 23 um, in in that one. Um, So if I'm the Wolves, like the things that are most important to me are are trying your best to keep them off the line. Like, like the, the Celtics don't get to the free throw line a ton, but they're really good three point, excuse me, three free throw shooting team. Tatum shoots over eight per game and he makes 86% of them. Jalen Brown shoots five and a half a game and he shoots 77.7 per, or yeah, he shoots 77.7% of the line. So try your best to keep Tatum off the line. Same with Jalen Brown. Uh, they shoot a ton of three pointers and they're good at it. They're third in three point rate and they're fifth in percentage. Um, and it's not as much Tatum and Brown in terms of the success, right? It's Horford who has turned himself into a fantastic three-point shooter, 45% on five threes per game. Malcolm Brogdon is 46% off the bench. Um, Sam Hauser, rotation piece for them, 41.7%. Tatum and Brown are more about volume than they are anything else. They're each, I mean, Brown's 33% for three, Tatum's 35. But they get to the free throw line a ton, and Tatum is dynamic, um, in so many ways, he's averaging 30 points, nine rebounds per game and nearly five assists per game. So it's about running them off the three point line, but not fouling them is maybe the most important thing. And the Celtics are are relatively healthy. They're not going to have Robert Williams, most likely in this game. Uh, Peyton Pritchard is also out for the uh, likely the duration of their road trip. So a couple of, of normal rotation pieces for Boston are out. Um, but I mean, don't let that. Don't, don't don't let that feel you feel overconfident about this game. Boston is is really 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 good, and this is a challenge for Minnesota. But as we've seen, the Wolves tend to take challenges better uh, than they do than how they tend to play against teams that they should beat. Right? I, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but that's kind of where we're at this season with this Wolves team. Um, in terms of the Western Conference right now, as of this recording, the only game that's pending that could have some effect would be the Suns-Bucks game. As I'm recording this, uh, the Blazers are down to the Knicks, but the Blazers are also now two and a half games out of the 10 spot in the West. And what is that like? I guess they're only three and a half behind the Wolves. But anyway, the Blazers are currently losing to the Knicks. 
in the fourth quarter. The Bucks are up a basket on the Suns in the fourth in in their game. So, I mean, the Suns are still a couple games clear of the Wolves. So basically five down to 10 in the, in the West is not changing by the time you're listening to this podcast. On uh, on Tuesday, the Lakers beat the Pelicans and the, um, the Thunder won again. And the Thunder are now actually just a game behind the Wolves. Now, I've talked about tiebreakers. Check this out. Between 6 and 10 in the West, it's Clippers, Wolves, Thunder, Mavs, Lakers. The Timberwolves have the tiebreaker against every single one of those teams. They already have it against the Clippers. They already have it against the Thunder. They have it against the Mavs, and they have it against the Lakers. So that's a really, really good thing because they're right in the middle of this kind of muddled muck of teams between 6 and 10. So if the Wolves win and the Clippers lose on Wednesday, say, the Wolves and Clippers will be tied in record, but the Wolves will have the tiebreaker and will be a game ahead of the, or effectively ahead of the Clippers and will be in the sixth spot in the West. Um, the Warriors, by the way, have the same record. That tiebreaker is still in the balance. The Wolves are one and two against Golden State this year. They have one more game against Golden State, so they could at least pull that to a draw. Um, and then they'd be in, in competition for the fifth spot in the West too. So that's very much still in play. But the Wolves are effectively, they're, you know, they're, by the standings, they're game clear of the Thunder, Mavs, and Lakers, but they have the tiebreaker over all three of them. They're a game behind the Clippers, but also have the tiebreaker over the Clippers. So it continues to be just an absolute cluster of teams right there in the middle to bottom of the of the uh, play if, playoff and play-in race in the West. Uh, but Minnesota's in overall pretty good standings there, all things considered. After the Celtics game, um, I mean, it's it's this weird like run of Western Conference teams for the Wolves. Uh, so after the Celtics, they turn around and play on Friday at Chicago and then back to back Saturday at Toronto Knicks on Monday at New York before coming back home for another one game home scene against the Hawks next week. So it's a it's a continued run going back to that Philadelphia game. The Wolves are playing eight consecutive games against Eastern Conference opponents. Just a very weird schedule quirk. And uh, thankfully, the Wolves have started to right the ship a bit against Eastern teams here lately. Uh, but all that to say, Wednesday's game against Boston, obviously a big game. They're all big at this time of year. We'll go live for the postcast on Lockdown Sports Minnesota on YouTube, myself and Marnie Gellner from Valley Sports North. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota to be notified when we go live. You can also listen to the audio of that postcast uh, following the live show if you do miss it on uh, any of your favorite audio platforms. You can find it on the Lockdown Wolves feed there as well. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now make your second listen to Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, and every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.